our lives present challenges and triumphs. Triumph Talks. Welcome to Triumph Talks. I am Brian O'Shea, and I want to welcome you. Triumph Talks along the lines of life, offering peak moments and offering challenges. And when we tell our stories in safe places, we heal and we grow. We heal and we grow. I'm very honored today to have a dear friend, Nick Borges. He's worked in the healing field a long time. He's worked in the sober residences, the therapeutic coaching. He's worked in outpatient. He's worked in inpatient. And now he is a beautiful co-founder and leadership team member of the Hartwood Recovery of Austin. I am very grateful. I recently spent time there. And Hartwood Recovery is one of those places where the special work is happening and the special healing is happening. So grateful to have you here, Nick. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate you inviting me to to be on here with you. It's uh it's a really cool moment, you know, and not only in our friendship and to be able to share something like this with each other, but <clears throat> to look back on the the many years that we've known each other and to see where we've come from then to now, it's it's pretty cool to share these these really awesome moments with you. So I appreciate it. It's true. It's a triumph. It's a triumph. And I was with some of the people you helped a lot with their recovery homes last week. And they told me you were a very powerful chapter in the creation and really setting the ethic in those recovery homes. Yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> speaking of triumphs, you know, it's, it's, it's wild to look back on all the opportunities that recovery has given me. Uh, and when I say opportunities, it's mainly just been the willingness to show up when asked to. So, uh, <laughs> It's uh, pretty incredible to see what what that alone is, has given me as far as opportunity in this field, just showing up and saying yes to things when all of me isn't really wanting to or scared to do so, you know? Yeah, the courage to try to heal, the courage to try to dig in and accept the challenge and rise to the challenge. Mm-hmm. And I want to congratulate you for you have some recent person personal triumphs too. You have that good news. True. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a wonderful woman has said yes to marrying me, which is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say quite the triumph, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think the the past year in general for me has been one that's been uh, pretty special and, and filled with uh, challenges, but all of all of which that I am deeply grateful for. And you know, you mentioned me uh, being a part of Heartwood, and 
us having the pleasure of you being out here at times to facilitate some sessions with our guys and just be be a part of this team has been great but the uh, opportunity to build a program with with a bunch of men and and women that uh I trust and it's been it's been one that's been a lot of fun and and uh, and challenging along the way so the triumphs in our recovery include connection and what i see in our friendship is you and your family deeply connected for me and really helped me when i lived in texas and those connections play a big role in giving my life meaning and that's something i talk about a lot with the men and women that I help in my private coaching practice, finding meaning. And for you, engagement in a beautiful, loving, sacred relationship, I believe connection is the ultimate victory versus our challenges. I believe our challenges would prefer we were isolated. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's it's a pretty amazing thing to think about that, you know, in in active addiction, as you said, you're you're pretty isolated, if not very isolated, and getting into recovery, getting sober and, and seeking out connection with others. I think once you get a taste of that, uh it's it's really hard to go back. Um and you continue, I know for me at least, I continue to crave uh, connection with other people uh, because it's something that for a long time I was very deprived of or also had no idea how to achieve. So, um, and I will say too, you know, for, for our friendship, I think going back to what, six, seven years ago, working together and, and spending countless hours together in a kitchen and and uh, I will I will say you you tremendously helped me with feeling confident that I would be able to uh build connection with other people and and your your compassion and uh gentle just presence is is one that helped me to to feel confident in doing so and and share that same experience with other people so I I appreciate you for that but yeah it's you know, I think uh, there's times, too, where perhaps, you know, working in this field, you you kind of take that for granted a little bit. Um, and it's kind of it gets lost a little bit at times, I, I guess, for me, at least uh, this idea of connection. And, you know, you sit all day in, in sessions or groups and, and talk to men and women about the importance of of connection with self and others. And you kind of get lost in that at times. And it's important for me to uh, re-energize and recenter myself to understand that I can talk about it and encourage others to do it, but I got to do it a lot too. Well, there's no greater victory than becoming engaged to someone wonderful. Yeah. That's walking the walk there, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. So Hartwood Recovery of Austin, Texas. Tell us a little bit about the name. So 
Frank Schmidt, our CEO and founder, he <clears throat> created Heartwood Recovery back in 2017, uh, initially as Sober Livings. And I think for him, you know, himself getting sober after going to quite a few treatment facilities and, and trying the deal for a long time, he uh, went to a facility in uh, South Padre and finally got sober for the last time. And uh, I think a part of his journey in getting sober that last time was having this strong desire to uh, create something of meaning to help others and give back to others. And in thinking about that, I think at the time he was he was involved in quite a bit of spiritual exploration, um, mainly within the Buddhist beliefs. And I think he stumbled across some readings and understandings of uh, this idea of heartwood and what is created from, from the roots and from the internal of, of wood. And um, yeah, so I think that that's where the name came from. Um, but I think within the name itself is just, um, and then the company too, the strong desire to uh, create a, you know, we're talking about a connection too, but connection with self and understanding what kind of drives you as a human being. Uh, I think one of our goals here at Hartwood, the residential facility, and uh, what Frank has always really kind of harped on is this, this idea of, you know, lighting the passion within an, uh, a man that comes to treatment and, and trying to create as many opportunities as possible for for a guy that comes in that's been struggling for a while and has lost uh, a desire to engage in the world, find find something that he is passionate in and um, help him along his way to to reignite that flame. So it's beautiful synchronicity for me. There's something so special about men's groups, men's work and the safety that men need and the creation of that safety is something I really experience on my visits when I am so blessed to be there working with your clients, with groups, with one-on-ones. And that creation of safety, that finding co-regulation, that biological imperative for co-regulation and men being allowed to find that, that to me is Heartwood. And, you know, I'm working with the Alchemy Collective, Morgan Grace, and I'm so excited. Early November, I'll begin doing a men's group. And it's beautiful Jungian synchronicity. You know, I have the beautiful work with Heartwood and then the beautiful work with an evening group once a week. And that area of healing is very specific. You know, when we look at men, and it's an interesting moment for all of us on this planet, recovering from pandemic, recovering from what is sometimes called ecological anxiety. You know, I have clients and friends in San Antonio, in the Rio Grande Valley, and the severe drought that is the truth of Texas at this moment. 
It's a true thing. Echo anxiety. You know, is the planet ill? And how do we work through that? And how do we choose to stay hopeful? I believe it's a responsibility of mine to work towards hopefulness. Hmm. So tell us a little bit more about Hartwood, the complex work going on there. I'm very impressed by there's EMDR, there's CRM, there's a lot going on. Yeah, so I think... We're a 16-bed all-male residential facility in, in southwest Austin. And I think uh, one of the main goals and visions we had in creating the program of Heartwood was to uh, really combine a sophisticated clinical approach with a foundation of 12-step recovery involved. And so our idea is, uh, you know, as a clinical team is to uh, adequately treat the entire individual, um, whether that be uh, the trauma work, including EMDR or CRM, um, family therapy, couples therapy. Uh, we do a lot of, uh, and I think we, you know, tying it back into Frank's kind of uh, hope to ignite passions with individuals, a lot of ACT work and identifying values and aligning our actions uh, with those values. Um, <clears throat> so along with the clinical work and the skills that we provide and the in-person, uh, groups that we, we offer opportunities for guys to practice and refine these skills. Um, there's a, a heavy component of 12 step recovery. Um, it's interesting, you know, we, we had a gentleman by the name of Daniel Hart that, uh, joined us as our director of recovery services. And he was, he was at another facility for uh, nine or 10 years, uh, one that was a little bit more, I guess you could say rigid in their approach around the 12 step idea. And, uh, he came to Hartwood with kind of that same mentality, but over time softened up and understood that, you know, our, our idea here is to, uh, form a, an attachment with an individual, build them up so that we can give them the, the hard truth and, and support them, uh, in really giving them that hard feedback or difficult feedback. Um, so he's done a fabulous job at, at building that recovery program to align in a really beautiful way with our, our clinical program. Um, I think it's a dream of ours was always too, and I guess a fear uh, as well was that uh, I think in a lot of places it, it's easy for the recovery program and the clinical program to kind of go different ways and to not really work alongside of each other and with each other. So we've been very adamant from the beginning that in order to be a successful facility and, and to really provide a high level of care to our clients that we we're all a team. We're one team. We have different ideas, but we have to support those ideas as one team. Um, and, you know, I think one of the really awesome things about Hartwood that I love is we're in the heart of Austin. And uh, since we've been around since 2017 with our Sober Livings, our alumni uh, program has been 
pretty alive and well for quite some time now. And it's a really cool opportunity to see and have the opportunity for alumni to, to be close by, to drop in for lunch, to drop in for a group, to sponsor our men that are looking for sponsors. Um, you know, I think that's a big part of what makes us work so well is that we have alumni that, that believe in the work that we do and uh, want to be a part of it and stay a part of it. And that's a powerful element. One of the things that I felt very powerfully last week when I had the honor of being with you, the compassion. You know, 12-step, of course, very, very powerful, big part of my life. But like anything, you can present it with compassion. You can present it with wisdom. You can present it with heart, with deep listening. You can remember, as it says on page 164, we realize we know only a little. More is revealed in meditation. And there's a way to bring pure, excellent 12-step life with compassion. Yeah, you know, I think... People, I know I did, <laughs> come into recovery pretty terrified. Um, and so <clears throat> if you can do anything possible to ease that terror, um, I don't think, you know, <laughs> meeting that with with uh, creating more fears is the answer. You know, sometimes it's it's required, perhaps, but I think meeting somebody where they're at and that compassionate approach is one that uh, I guess that at least here we have found is uh, what works most often. Yes. Now tell me about that chef. That chef is from outer uh, high level operation there doing some cool stuff. Anthony is, is a tremendous man. Uh, I'll say when we were interviewing for chefs uh, right around the time of opening I got his resume on Indeed, and he was out in California at the time and set up a Zoom call with him. We had that Zoom call, and by the end of that Zoom call, I said, uh, you know, I don't I don't know if the chef role is the role for him, but whatever capacity is going to be, we need this guy as a part of our team. That's right. But, yeah, he's – it's a, another, you know, triumphant story, um, a man that – struggled for a very long time in, in California with his own addiction and was homeless for many years and on the streets and um, got into the program, got sober and met his wife in, in, in recovery. And they got the opportunity together as a couple moved back to Texas to be closer to her, her kids. Um, so the story alone is, is pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, Another piece about Heartwood that I love so much is the the staff in general um, bringing a certain level of, you know, compassion and desire to be at work every single day. And there's a drive to offer uh, what we all have experienced in our own recovery to these guys that are coming to treatment. And I think, uh, you know, that's, 
it's a beautiful part of this. You know, we get to share in that with each other and we all kind of are hungry to see the lights kind of come on for these guys in treatment. Absolutely. Yeah. Being with your team in the morning, there's this beautiful group think going on. You know, they're beautifully safe with each other. Everyone's voice is equal and they're carefully offering ideas, carefully sharing ideas really something special happening there with your team. And it's amazing people. I mean, it took me a while to figure out that you're one of your key guys in your clinical team. I kept thinking I knew his name, but as you know, I've had a complex life that involved a lot of blackouts for many years. So when I want to say, oh, I think I know who I'm talking to, I resist that. I fall away from that. But he was a principal ballet dancer for years. You know, and I knew his name from that. But, I, you know, it's kind of like when occasionally I'll, I'll see a very beautiful woman someplace. I say, oh, I think I know her. There's a wisdom voice that says, no, don't you don't know her. Don't greet her. Sit down, O'Shea. <laughs> And sometimes it turns out I did know her, but um, tell us about that guy. That guy is amazing. Yeah, Chase is uh, a pretty amazing man just in general. But yeah, he, I mean, he, uh, starting at the age of 15, definitely started dancing before then, but moved to New York City at the age of 15 and was a principal ballet dancer for uh, over a decade. And, uh, you know, talk about getting to the the peak that you can at, at, at your profession. That's what he was and was operating at that level for a very long time. Um, and, uh, you know, he himself going through his own <clears throat> addiction and um, through that realized that he wanted to make a change to, to helping others. And um, he was a very humble man doesn't talk much about it except when asked um which is always kind of not surprised me but made me respect him even more uh and the fact that he's he's got this whole other life that at one point he was like i said earlier at the top of the top of the game in all aspects and uh i think uh it's a very humbling experience to in a way, kind of leave that behind and start completely over um, at the age that he was at. So it's a it's a joy and an honor to work alongside of him and with him. And he was uh, it was mainly him and I in the early days uh, building this program together. Um, and you know that that was a treat, and we still are. He he got promoted recently to lead clinician and. Um, did his initial training for CRM and um, has found really, really great ways to intertwine that into his individual work and also some group work too. But yeah, he's a, he's a one of a kind and uh, hard to even consider uh, what Hartwood would be without him for sure. Oh gosh. Amazing guy. And, you know, Morgan Grace, who I work with, with Alchemy, very powerful in the CRM and the CRM 
the more and more I'm learning about it, it really brings some special, unique, and highly customizable properties. Mm. So, yeah, I think, yeah, there's been some really. I know every every gentleman that that Chase has had the opportunity to do CRM with has had a profound experience with it. Um, and honestly, I, I, I got an alumni that I worked with for a while that <clears throat> I did some EMDR with, and he was actually able to, um, and still is, uh, engaging in CRM practice. And this is a guy that's been to 20 plus treatment centers and struggled for a lot of years. Uh, and, uh, has told me that CRM has been something that is unlike anything else he's experienced and uh, has helped him tremendously. So uh, it's it's really cool to sit back and, and see something like that unfold and to also know that, you know, a colleague and a friend of, of ours is at the the head of that uh, front of, of CRM. Absolutely. My practice, I do a lot of work in Nashville. I do a lot of work in Atlanta and in my personal life and personal recovery, I'm blessed to travel a little bit. So I go to meetings around the country and I'm blessed with friendships around the country in recovery. And so personally and professionally, I experience some of the treatment communities in different cities in this country at this moment. And I can say honestly now, the Austin recovery community with its diversity and with its depth and with the power of the universities there the great hospitals there, and all the tech people moving there, all the interesting growth going on there, and a vibrant arts community and a vibrant music community, a truly vibrant music community with live performances and with festivals. And Austin, perhaps at this moment, you could make a case for saying another benefit of, I work part-time in Austin. I'm very grateful for that. Another benefit for treatment providers in Austin, their clients get to benefit from an incredible recovery community. You know, there are Buddhist recovery meetings. There are, SMART recovery meetings. There are, you know what I love, that that wonderful, uh, that DAA, I mean, that DAA is there. I love the DAA. They're amazing. I mean, they're not, and they're not in, you know, 200 cities in the United States. And my philosophy is not either or, it's yes and. You know, my core is my AA, and some ACA, 
but I love going to a little Buddhist recovery. I love going to a little DAA. I love hearing and connecting more communities. But I think that's, that's valuable to look at at this moment. That Austin recovery, that you could make an argument that it is the recovery capital of this country at this moment. That argument could be made. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think uh, I've been tremendously spoiled uh, to primarily only experience the recovery community in Austin. I mean, I similar to you, I've traveled around and gone to meetings uh, in other cities and other states. Um, but Austin is where I came to know AA and, and the recovery community. So I've been a little spoiled with it, to be honest. But um yeah, and again, it's it's something that, as somebody that works in treatment and has for a little while, it's never really uh, been a problem. You know, at Heartwood, we have at least six meetings a week where we either take guys off campus or we have a meeting that's hosted on campus. And we have, uh, and a part of this is alumni stuff as well, but a lot of it is just the recovery community, but we have a three month waiting list uh, for, for meetings on campus for people to bring to our, our campus. And it's just something that we never really have to worry about because of the way that Austin is and the, the recovery community and the willingness to, to show up and carry the message and, and support other people in the program. So it's a, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I think it, it also, not only is it one of the best recovery cities in the world um, to what you were speaking of earlier as well, the, the, all the other attractions of Austin, right? Like the festivals, the music, uh, the food scene, the museums, uh, all of that, uh, I think gives us as treatment providers a really cool opportunity to uh, create create the the stage for for women and men to learn to have fun in recovery uh, and try it out early and often. Um, you know, we take our guys off campus quite a bit throughout the week, um, whether it be for, for sober outings or just uh, some exposure therapy in the community in general. I think it's a really fun tactic that we, we get to have the opportunity to do, but yeah, it's, best of both worlds honestly um it's it's a pretty special place to to be able to be in recovery myself but also uh have a program that's that's right in the heart of the middle of it and of course sometimes when we go into treatment sometimes we're looking to find new meaning in our lives sometimes we're looking to find a new path in our lives. Sometimes we're looking to start a new career or re-energize an old career. Austin brings a lot of that. There are universities, there are community colleges, there are internships, there are careers. You could relaunch your life in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And to that note too, I think it's one of the more felony friendly cities too. And a, a lot of guys and, and women that 
that have a record due to their addiction. Uh, I think uh, people understand that and and want to support and help those that that have that uh, experience. Um, so it it's a it's a really awesome opportunity to utilize the recovery community to help men and women find jobs that feel like it's not possible um, to find a job that I want because of my past, because of my record, because of the things that have happened in my active addiction, all that different stuff. So it's another great aspect of your place. There's a place where they could go for a job interview, go for a school interview, go for a, a something. You know, it's really quite something. Yeah, the only thing that confuses me is those little scooters, those people running around on South Congress Street with those scooters. But I'm a kid from the Bronx. I mean, I just figure somebody's going to come along and knock nine of them down like a nine iron shot. (laughs) Which happens often. (laughs) (laughs) Which happens often. That's okay. So... When you think of Hartwood, I love the size. That's one of the things I love very much. I love those smaller places where we can do great tuned-in work, dialed-in work. Yeah, uh, I think it's, uh, again, another piece of when, when Frank acquired the property that we are at, you know, knowing that we would never be able to do more than 16 beds in residential. I think that was kind of a selling point for us. We wanted that uh, as the max. We wanted we wanted a smaller community. We wanted a higher staff to client ratio um, for many different reasons. But I think the the really awesome thing is it uh, a it doesn't allow people to hide. Um, as easy. It allows us to do our job more effectively to be able to uh, challenge um, the clients that are here in a compassionate way. But uh, it also allows for all staff members to build their own personalized relationship with these clients. And I think that's, that's a special piece that, you know, and, and this is, this is a piece that I, in, in all honesty, uh, I think I really experienced uh, at the previous treatment center that I worked at. It was, it was really special for me to see at times, you know, the CEO um, or the COO or or leadership individuals sitting and having lunch with clients that they often don't interact with, and and that itself was like, man, this there is there is a desire to help, and there is a desire to on a human level, just connect. Uh, and I think that's, that's a piece that we really want, uh, as a part of Heartwood, just, you know, we're all in this together. Uh, sure. We're employees, your clients, but we're fighting the same fight. And, um, that's a, it's a part that we instill in the culture here for sure. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, you know, I'm Brian Gerard Harrington O'Shea, just a little bit Irish. And there's a phrase that we love in my neighborhood in the Bronx that comes from Southern Ireland. Said Mila Falce, 100,000 welcomes, 100,000 welcomes. 
Thank you, Nick. Thank you for your life, your family, your friendship. And thank you for your life of meaning. You know, Hartwood, your life has meaning. And said Mila Falce, 100,000 welcomes, friend. Thank you, brother. A lot of love for you. I appreciate the opportunity. A lot of love, brother Nick. A lot of love.